All right. Hey, man. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. I know you've kind of been waiting on pins and needles uh, to discuss Dune and, yeah. and to get back to reading Dune. You you read right away, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I, I jumped the gun and I read the entire thing pretty much the the night after we... Well, yeah, just, just mere hours after we uh, recorded the last podcast. Yeah. So is this like the classic kind of dynamic where... You've forgotten everything, but as we go through the chapters, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that now, and, you know, that yeah, whole thing. Yeah, probably. It's probably going to be a bit of a throwback. Yeah. To the good old it, days. It, it, it hasn't even been a week, though, <laughs> actually. No, I, I'm i pretty confident that, I'll, that I will recall most of what, what went on. Yeah. Yeah. You and I, we kind of did this yin-yang opposite kind of thing where so you you read everything at you know the earliest you possibly could yes whereas i read basically all five chapters today wow i started reading the first chapter last night and i like got too tired i read like two pages and i was like i'm going to fucking sleep so i slept instead which was nice i felt pretty good mm. um and so yeah that left me with today i don't know if you could tell when i was texting you before that maybe i like wasn't so sure about uh me me reaching the reading goal or uh, well i mean did, it sounded that, like you were did, did that hanging out watching riverdale well i was i was doing that when i was texting you earlier i was at work and i was like hey eight o'clock right we're you know be there be square you yeah know? kind of being a little cheeky it always so, you know, the, no matter what you say, there's always a like an air of uncertainty to it, right? You know, I, I like to think that's true about everything, not just talking about reading. Yeah, yeah, about everything for you, everything for you specifically. It's right. always like, well, it may happen, it may not. You know, yeah, like yeah. there's no such thing as like set in stone plans for you. No, no, no. That's why, honestly, I feel like I've been identifying very much with Leto. Yeah. In, uh, in this part of the book, whenever he talks about his plan. Yeah, I know. Or, you, that's, uh, you know it's, it's all about surprises. You know, sure. I like to surprise myself and yeah. others. Yeah, I, I mean, it turns out you've been on the golden path all along. Mm. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, but anyways, you know, here I am. I've, I read, uh, read all five chapters you know what really works out well for me is I I take the bus some days and yeah. these chapter lengths are like really good for that. I can pretty much always count on reading a full chapter there and back. Nice, you know. Um, so that was cool. And then not, <laughs> and then at work today it was like really slow. There was only one kid at the center, and I actually uh-huh. I, I finished reading a chapter. Wow! While they were like on zoom class and i was like oh cool i can like sneak some reading in here that's a first huh yeah yeah not not something i i usually do but uh, you know today i I had to take it where where i could i primarily read at work that's that's where i get most of my uh, my reading done right you know you got a lot of downtime Mm -hmm. i mean you got a lot of downtime there it's annoying because there's just a lot of interruptions yeah Um, i know every time i try and call you it's like every two minutes it's like oh yeah can I have a towel? Mm-hmm. 
you know, people are always like asking for towels. I or... know, I know. We're not a towel factory, you know. Yeah, no, we're not made no. of towels. No, I don't know where they where you keep getting them from. To be honest, just pull so. them on my ass. Yeah, like uh, those point. clowns. Like, yeah, pull the ribbon clowns. out of their yeah, yeah, ass in insane assane <laughs> clown. Insane posse. ass clown posse. Yeah, hmm. that's the working title for this episode. Big, but I think I think yeah. that we're gonna top that pretty easily. Assane clown posse. That's what I was trying for. Yeah. But like it just it's not a asinine clown posse. Yeah, but it's I don't know. I feel like you lose the ass pun. Mm. It's still there, but like it's yeah. not. It's not what you're thinking about anymore. It's fine. Insane clown ass. <laughs> Google that one, you know. Yeah, I mean, check it out. Maybe I'll Insane. use one of those images for the uh, the promo picture. <laughs> You're just gonna get a picture of someone like wearing those those like Jinko jeans or whatever, oh those giant ass yes. jeans, but like the ass will be cut out. It'll <laughs> be like exposed. And painted like a clown yeah. on, the, on the ass. Yes. Yeah, yeah. the white and black mm-hmm. uh juggalo, J- juggalo ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so I have made a a little bit of a change to the theme song. Is that right? So I'm going to text you it. Okay. Oh cool cool um i don't know i don't know if i have my phone on well you better find it honestly um don't you oh, wait on no, your computer? I, uh yeah right i do i also forgot about that okay um okay okay yeah, just just a slight change. I thought it just fit yeah. better. Um, I guess. Yeah, I mean that that's something to to talk about. It's honestly, it's kind of the same thing in a way. Yeah, yeah. But, sure, uh, but... all right, I'm ready. Okay. <clears throat> One, two, three, four. God, God Emperor, Emperor Dune. Woman, I love. Stand beside, Stand beside him, him and guide, guide him, him through the through golden, the golden path, path he's chosen towards the towards crowds for a thousand, thousand years of Leto's peace. One day, One day we'll miss my dip. God and Emperor of Doom, the worm and man we love. Wow. Yeah, that was easily the yeah the best rendition there. I feel like I uh, was. there wasn't any lag. We didn't get lag that time, so like I feel yeah. good about that. Yeah, I think I think it sounded sounded good. I think um we were you know harmonizing like a choir of angels. Yeah, yeah, know? really, really, it made me feel nostalgic for like some galactic static. Yeah, times you know, really felt like we were uh, back in the practice room, mm-hmm. you know. I know, I know. It's you and I just rocking out. Yeah, back, two dudes against the world. Back when when we played music, that was a uh, those were the yeah. Guys, huh? I know, I don't know. I, I, some part of me is like, thank God we don't do that anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of cringe. It's just all about Dune. 
podcast right and this and we as we all know podcasts are not cringe no of course not two white guys doing a podcast about dune not cringe at all no no (laughs) having a theme song to the tune of god bless america (laughs) inserting dune themed lyrics no not cringe not in the slightest no oh oh my god i just had a great i just had a really good idea oh yeah yeah i don't um Hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna say it now because I think it's 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 funny too. But I want you to know that I'm 100% serious. Okay. Um. So what if we found a God bless America like instrumental track? Yeah. And then we sang the theme song to this, and then we just like put it out, <laughs> put it out uh, <laughs> as like a promo single. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right after we just just got done talking about like, oh man, thank God we don't do music anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I get that that's all like part part of the joke, but like you know, that'd be pretty cringy, man. Very cringy, yeah. That, yeah, that would be extremely <laughs> I cringy. I don't know, but then again, it's like maybe maybe we lean into it. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be be fun and uh, stupid. Therefore, we have to do it. It's pretty much how we operate. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that'll be like, um, I don't know, part of the the victory lap celebration to completing God Emperor of Dune. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. We we can have it be kind of like the capstone to uh, mm-hmm. the you know, seeing as how there's no sci-fi channel series for us to watch here or nope, no adaptation. You know, not it's like well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be left with nothing. I it know. Feels like now. Yeah. No, yeah, I think that's a good idea. So, listeners, get ready for that. Uh, yeah, official, but, but officially recorded but, single. But but just like dudes. just like but just like with anything that I say, there's kind of like this element, this undercurrent of uncertainty where it's like, is he serious? Is it really going to happen or not? So so also, listeners, yes. like, it just might not. It just might but, not materialize. But I think we do balance each other might out not happen. because we do because I you know I I'm gonna make this happen. Yeah, and I will make you sing your part. So okay, I think it will. I think it's likely you're going to happen than not. Okay. I mean, we'll we'll see, right? We I mean, see. neither we, of yeah, us we... neither of us know the future. That's going to be it's a true. surprise to both of us. However, it turns out that's true. That's true. One of us will be more surprised than the other. Probably will be me. Yeah, like it. I mean, it usually probably is. will be me. Yeah. Yeah. If um if history is anything to uh, to go by. And Leto does seem very concerned about history. He does. Um, he does. It's probably important. All right. Um, do you uh, you want to start talking about uh, Dune? Talking about these chapters? Let's freaking do Dune it. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe we can. I don't know, but that, no, it's never mind. Hmm. I was gonna say. You I was sure? gonna say maybe we could. Maybe this will be a shorter episode, but I don't think uh, we'll just see. Maybe, we'll maybe see. it will be. I know, we'll I know. See. We we kind of. I mean, we. I mean, it's like we'll want to be done by ten o'clock, right? No matter what. No matter what. No matter fucking what. Yeah, that's and it, it's, it's like it's it's just after eight thirty now. Let's assume we've been bantering for somewhere between like ten and twelve minutes. I think we're looking at a solid just under two hours, you know, hour 47, hour 48 minute mark. Okay. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm going for. I, I, uh, that, that sounds about right to me. 
All right. Well, let's stop talking about it and start fucking doing it. Let's let's do it. You didn't have to. <laughs> you didn't have to do that again. Yeah. Well, cringe, <laughs> cringe alert. You know. Yeah, I know. Okay, for real. Um, so so the, our first chapter here. Um. The the one that I just read today that did not all bleed into the rest. Yeah, of um, course. And the one that you obviously remember, crystal clear. Crystal clear. Um, so it's I'm trying Monino. to remember which one it was. I mean, a lot of these chapters are focusing around the same event. A, a, pretty yeah. much, this whole section has to do with Leto, uh getting to to own. On. Yes. Own. I've been saying on, but own it. Yeah, whatever. Yep. Okay, this is uh. We they're start all, they're, they're start with when she was a child. City. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um. Right. And so, Leto is kind of trying to, I don't know, like share in this memory with Monio. Monio doesn't even really comment on it. I mean, Leto's you know, being a creep. Yeah, right. Monio, Monio definitely feels uncomfortable about it. Um, for all the reasons that we've talked about before, but also um, he's concerned about the worminess of Leto. That that Leto is showing signs of worming out. A different kind of worm sign. Yeah, indeed. Yep. Yeah. What what would they get if you call out the if you called first worm sign, you get like a share of the spice or the profit or something. Monio should get a sh- like a share yeah, of something. He should. Yeah, you should ask a museum fremen. Yeah, right. They would know. They wouldn't understand like the meaning behind it, but like they would know the factual information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, it is interesting that Leto's talking about. Siona, they kind of come back to that in the the later chapter to the last chapter. Um, but it is an interesting opening line. When she was a child, she watched me, remember? When she thought I was not aware, Siona watched me like the desert hawk which circles above the lair of its prey. Um, and I think that Leto gets particular amusement out of this, thinking that there was a time when when some other being some other life form could look upon Leto and be, um, you know, removed enough and, and like still developing to the point that they don't realize that Leto is even cognizant or aware. And of course, everyone else, you know, Leto is, is, um, has been railing against this feeling of being worshiped, and being at the the center of this religion that he despises, and so like it's a very fond memory for him to like recollect that there is this this other life that he obviously holds in high regard, I think, to his plan, but also like as her person, and that there was like a time in Siona's life when she didn't even register that Leto was like a thinking thing, mm-hmm. and so that's very funny to Leto because of course it's. The exact opposite of what everything else in the universe um, 
gives him as a reaction. Yeah, it's true. It's a, so, um, I thought that was, um, it is creepy too, for the record. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it does have a creep element for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if like, uh, Monio had, had her call him uncle Lido. <laughs> yeah. That's a good Seinfeld reference there. Yeah. Um, for the record, I was going to go with, uh, you know, he's a creep. He's a weirdo. What the hell is he doing here? Oh, that was that's good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. Kind of, kind of, just what you were doing, uh-huh. but I, I'm bringing it back. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think you you did it better than than I did. You brought Radiohead into the fold. Yeah, <laughs> popular Everyone's rock and roll favorite band. band, Radiohead, the band of the hour. If you don't like Radiohead. You just don't understand it. It's kind of like Radiohead is like real music, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else is just LARPing music. Yeah. Do you, do you want to know how many times I've I've uh, I've put on a Radiohead album being like this is the time <laughs> I'm going to get I'm going to get it. I'm going to understand what this is all about. Um more than 10. Pro- probably, yeah. I think probably close to 15. Yeah. And it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Have you ever, I mean, like, here's my question. Do you listen to like the album that you put on in full or is this a point where you like drop off and you're like, I'm just not. I think I've only, um, I think I've only listened to, to one of their albums in full like once. Yeah. I get through, yeah, I, I get through a few songs and I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I, you know, I went to like, okay, computer and kid a first. Cause obviously yeah. they're like the big ones. Yep. And a ton of musicians that I respect say that they love it. And then I, I listen to it. And I distinctly remember falling asleep. <laughs> um, yeah. several Because t- I've done it more than once, too. So, like, there's, like, times where I remember falling asleep. And I've even when I have listened to it, like, awake the whole time, I'm like, I don't get it. But, uh, yeah, I mean. I think what's funny is I, I, it sounds like um, their earlier stuff might be more more what I'd enjoy. But, like, mm. I never uh, never took the step for it. So. Yeah, one of these days we'll get there, right? Or not? You know, it's fine. <laughs> uh, either way, it's fine. They've, they 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 have enough fans, I think. Yeah, right. They don't need us. Yeah, I'm just worried about our cred. We got no cred without. Uh, I know it's is kind of. Uh, I don't know. That's. I mean, let's I mean, be honest. We're, we're talking about this out in the open, yeah. in private, public, recorded. We'll, for we'll the be honest. Here. We'll be honest. That's why we stopped our our music podcast, Swapping Spit. It's, it's true. Lack of cred. We were we were worried that was going to get out too, but it feels yeah. really freeing to be it's like, you know what, liberating. Yeah, can't wait to read that that pitchfork article about us tomorrow. Right? <laughs> can't wait. Yeah, I don't. Um, I was trying to think of something clever, and I don't have it. <laughs> what? What is it? Are we living in a medieval village, and all the villagers are running at us with pitchforks and? torches to get us out of there yeah that's why it's called that yeah okay you you did it you said the <laughs> thing for me that's <laughs> funny yeah <laughs> uh, okay anyways see you shit okay yeah we we gotta get going right okay but that's not even the important part really let's let's just so i'm gonna summarize uh, we we just get a conversation between Monio, uh, 
Leto. Uh, they kind of bring up that um, Monio. Monio has agreed to a petition with the Museum of Fremen. It's going to become important later. When we're when I was reading the chapter here, I was like, okay, I don't know why this fucking matters, and eventually it, it does yeah. circle back, um, much like your pitchfork joke, mm-hmm. in, into something that matters and, and is and is relevant. Um, but um, but yeah, the big thing I, I feel like really is kind of this this idea that um, that Monio is like kind of walking on eggshells here and he's very aware that um it seems to be because of like the the moisture in the air you know that um the the water is is affecting leto's mood um and even his his body physically and and how his how his skin is acting right yeah he's like twitching yeah convulsing sometimes um but a lot of this too is um is leto kind of reminiscing there's this spot that they always stop on the the parade the what's the word they use the peregrination i think yeah that's Um, that's how you say that that's totally how you say that (laughs) um yeah, every time I see that word, I'm like pregnation. What? Yeah, I I don't know, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I get the gist of it. Um, and so there's this spot they always stop at, but Leto stops at it for longer, and he feels like this. I don't know this like this kind of longing, this this sadness. Yeah. He feels like it's um a part of like he, he's thinking about like his loss of humanity. Um, and I could be getting my chapters mixed up because it feels like this happens a lot, but I, I think this might also be where he's talking with Duncan. Um, yeah, he is. He's also talking with Duncan, like saying, Oh, you know, Duncan, you're like the only other one who like can actually know what I'm talking about because of yeah. your, your preserved memories from your previous life. And, um, it's not really the reason it's not stated as a reason why Monio is like, okay, like we should really get going. Like Monio has very real concerns about um, Leto's behavior and like the, the more mundane stress of like getting to the festival on time and yeah. all these things. Like Monio has a lot of things to balance, but I kind of got the feeling that Monio is used to being like Leto's best friend. You know, yeah. There, there's there's a little bit of that there, right? Sure. Like if you if you've ever been in a situation where you're with your best friends, hey best friend, hey, hey best buddy, friend. It's, yeah. I'm talking, it's you. Uh-huh. So yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. Know. oh yeah, you know. And then like, you know, either you meet up with someone else, as someone's you're walking down the street or whatever, and you you meet up with someone else, and they start talking, and you're like, huh, you know, seems like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting, you know, pushed aside a little. Yeah, here. a little bit of a third wheel. Um, and then you kind of feel like, hey, but like I'm, you know, who's the one who's been there for you? you know, exactly. Who's the one who's yeah. who's made all this stupid music in your basement, you know, or <laughs> done all, all these dumb videos, like for you know that they that they deleted and wiped off the face of the planet or yeah, locked on by YouTube, force. like 
Right, you know, like, who's, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, what am I, you know? It was done with Lido's piece. Yeah. And so I think Monio almost feels a little bit like Duncan and um, Lido have this, you know, obviously not the same. Monio's been around for a long time. What do we say, 150? 118, I think. 118 years, right. Yeah. Um, But, you know, but there's... There's this conversation that they're having that Munio, just by the very nature of it, can't be a part of the same way. No, I know. And I kind of got the impression that he feels a little bit like, okay, guys, let's fucking wrap it up here. You know, yeah. like, yeah, you know, Monio is an anxious mess today. Yeah, you know, and I think that that is definitely a part of it. I, I think there is a little bit of a uh, of jealousy for for Duncan. Um. And I think it's 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 weird because it's like wrapped up in, you know, he is used to being Leto's, you know, right hand man, best friend. He he's seen Duncan's come and go before, you know, so that's right. so it's not new for him. But now he like it's it's like I don't know he's he's tired, he's worried about Siona like her safety, and he's also worried about you know Leto and his test for Siona and 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 then him you know, mating, mating her with, with Duncan. And so I think that's all he grabbed up. And, and, um, so he, he kind of like, I think devolves kind of a little bit to like his base emotions. And I think jealousy is definitely one of them. And it's very, it's, it's, it's subtle. Yes. But it definitely is there. You probably heard me move my mic just now. Hopefully you can still hear me. All right. I can hear you fine. Um, it's getting a little more comfy. And also, I, I was listening. By to the way. me, to me, it is strange that you know, and and funny that Leto treats Duncan like, like no time has passed. You know, like hey buddy, like like remember this this part of the desert <laughs> and remember yeah. the, the you know those days. And then Leto's like, well yeah, but like, like I I I know that Le- that that uh, Duncan does not feel the same level of uh, comfortability. You know, with with just like palling around with him so it just it's just kind of funny that Lido puts him in that you know that scenario like knowing full well that that he's still like probably super weirded out about everything that's <laughs> happened in the last like 48 hours for him yeah that's i think that's a really good point um and you know we're not for some of the previous chapters we got like when Lido's talking with Nayla or when Leto, um, who else? I mean, probably with, also with Duncan, also with Munio. But, but um, you know, we have seen him test people just mm-hmm. kind of through what seemed like otherwise maybe mundane conversations. Yeah. And so um, I don't think that's something that Herbert is like overlooking himself either. You know, that that's probably a, kind of an intentional probing to see like how duncan is faring you know like you know uh leto could be using that as part of a test or even just like to gauge like where this specific duncan is at and like the expected timeline of duncan development that yeah, he clearly has down right. to a, a pretty good t mm-hmm. so yeah but uh yeah I, a lot of this chapter is let's see a lot of this chapter, I feel like, is is just set up for the next four chapters, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, 
it kind of just introduces some of these ideas, particularly um, uh, the Museum Fremen and their petition, and the tension between Leto and the Worm Self, and Monio's role in kind of trying to make sure everything doesn't get royally fucked up. Yeah. Which could easily happen with uh, the worm coming out. Yes. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. That, that's all I got on, on this chapter. Anything else you want to say? Um, yeah, I mean, just, just that uh, I like how, you know, when Duncan and Leto are palling around and stuff, Monio is kind of just daydreaming. He's just kind of lost in his thoughts and then uh you know Lido kind of you know jabs him he's like ribbing him a little bit and yeah he says he was wool gathering gathering. we used to call that wool gathering you were wool gathering but it's all right um yeah so i think i i I think that's a that's a fun term um and also just just kind of funny that uh you know, even, you know, during this entire time, Lita was having kind of a, a, a deep conversation with Duncan. He was, you know, he was on the ball and knew where Monio's head was at. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, true. Um, let me see if I can find it. When he says that he was wool gathering, he says it twice. But when he says it the first time, I actually... I think that reminds me that there's something I wanted to mention, and I'm going to try and find it quickly. Um, so if you happen to find it first, let me know. Assuming this is the chapter. I think it is, like you said. Are you looking? I am looking, yes. Yeah, let's make noises so the audience knows that we're looking. Just yeah, just, I mean you know, dead air is is a cardinal sin, broadcasting. So you got to make some <laughs> sort of noise. Huh? Maybe it's not this. Maybe it's not this one. I think it might be brought up again. Yeah. Well, you know what? I really should. I really should take notes because there was something. I wanted to talk about when he says that, and I and I I feel like I remember it. So if it doesn't come up again, I can talk about it myself. But yeah, I want to okay. see if we can either find the passage or just wait until we get to it more naturally. I think maybe it was in this chapter, to be honest. So let's just keep going. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's it for me with, with this chapter. I just I, I do like kind of uh you know seeing. Or, you know, getting Monio's perspective of everything and kind of his anxieties about Leto and and the tension building with, you know, how Leto's going to react to uh, the moisture and and what, you know, potential catastrophe his, his warm self can bring. Right. Yeah, we get that furthering of that idea that, yeah. that Leto and, and the worm are... There's an important distinction between them, and Leto's going to mention that later too. But we'll we'll get to that. So let's yeah. just keep going. Um. All right. So the second chapter 
we we are introduced to two reverend mothers, uh, Tertius Eileen Antioch and Marcus Claire Luisiel. Lu- Lucille. Yeah, maybe. Just Lucille. That's not how I said it, but you might be right. Keep it Lu- simple. Seal. <laughs> Lu- Lucille. <laughs> yeah, I'm not listening to her anymore. <laughs> Just all references today. Okay. Um. So, so the Bene Gesserit, they have yes. some reverend mothers and a small little entourage with them. They come to, you know, be a part of this this festival. They're kind of like ambassadors for the Bene Gesserit, it mm-hmm. seems. Um, and they were supposed to have really nice quarters. Um, and they're staying in just like a shit motel right now. I mean, even yeah, that sounds... Bad conditions. Charitable. Um, but I... I like that, uh, not only were the Reverend Mothers, like, expecting, you know, they, they already were, like, told one thing and then got another, so their expectations are, um, you know, shattered. Yeah. But I, I, I like the, uh, this feeling of, like, these Reverend Mothers of the B'nai Gesserit are, like, um... very you know otherwise like very well respected and admired and revered and um you know i think represent a kind of like power and wealth within the Bene Gesserit, you know yeah and so you have these people that are really 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 high up um in their like respective hierarchy and leto immediately brings them down to the ground floor and he's like no yeah this is where you fucking stay very much on purpose yeah sending a message and then they're told that they're going to be last in line for uh these like spice meetings yeah that that leto has um and they were going to be third and then he's just like nah you know he's like "I've, i've altered the deal Mm-hmm. pray i do not alter it any further you know what i mean yeah he's you know, he's he's flexing on them absolutely um but i think it's cool to see these new reverend mothers you know one we get is very old antioch yep and then lucille um not how I said it in my mind at all, and I, but but just for the sake of discussing it, sure, Lucille. Um, <laughs> That's her name. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know they kind of compare her to Jessica. She's yeah. younger, shapely, but arrogant because mm-hmm. of it. Because you know, if if a woman looks good, then she's arrogant. She knows it. Oh yeah, it has to be. Herbert. <laughs> anyways <laughs> anyways hey i mean um, compared to last last week uh we no, we, yeah we, i know this, this is all pretty tame i like to think that there's nowhere to go but up but we'll yeah see. i mean yeah we'll see um 
But I, I like the the relationship between these two Reverend Mothers. You know, they're kind of prickly, um, but also, you know, there's like a very rigid and um, known way to like act and behave as part of like the Bene Gesserit order. And so like, even if you don't like someone, um, you know, they're going to like know that they're going to be able to pick up on your body language, minutia and your yeah. tone of voice and all that. So like, it doesn't really matter um, because you just still need to like work with them in the, in the prescribed way. And so they still are good at like working with each other, even though they obviously have, Things that they do not see eye to eye on at all. Uh, yeah. Different uh, styles of Jesuiting. Yes, indeed. Um, and so... We get this message mm-hmm. from, from a young um, B'nai Gesserit, an acolyte. And... She's like super freaked out about it. Um and uh it's she's saying that she's uh what was it? I mean, I remember what the message was. I kind of feel like the the uh I guess the way that she comes to get the message maybe is uh, we can talk about that, but I don't care that much. The point is, is that um, she's she's delivering a message from the Tleilaxu that they are going to kill Leto. Yes. Attempt to kill Leto. Yes. So that's a pretty bold claim. And a really dangerous message to be carrying. You know, the Reverend Mother Antioch is like, this uh, This messenger is like really forgetting her training and should be way more composed. Yeah. So she's going to have to go back for retraining. But also, like, given the gravity of this message, I, even I can understand why uh, she would forget some of that training as well, or that it would be be hard to stay as mm-hmm. composed as she should otherwise. Um, which I think was a cool touch. Um, she, she only did an adequate job. Right, yeah. She is unfortunately not, not well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not well done. Um, and then the, the two Reverend Mothers kind of discuss it. They're like, how does... I, I think this is also... I kind of forget if they come back again, too. I'm like, is this where they're talking about Siona? But really, the important part is that they're wondering what they should do now Have ha, now having this message, you know? Just to be in the possession of this knowledge of the message is kind of its own burden, you know? Yeah. Um, and so they're like, can we afford to tell anyone and then they're like can we afford not to right um but it it ends on this idea they're like well the talaxu can't be that stupid right and then they're like oh but what about idaho face dancers yeah yeah now we'll get back to this too because it is going to be important in the last chapter but 
I kind of thought what this chapter was suggesting was that the Gola Idaho we know is a face dancer. That ends up not being true. Yeah, that was the that was the idea I had too. No, yeah, something totally different happens. Right. Um, we can talk about the how how we feel about that reveal, I guess, or or what they do with that plot yeah. point so far. But when we get to it, but I want to just throw it out there that I I think I'll want to come back to discussing that too. Yeah. Because at this point in our chapter discussion, my thought was like, oh shit, is the character I've been following like a secret face dancer and I didn't know the whole time? Um, So whatever. Tell me your thoughts on this chapter, if if you got any to share. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it. Um, I like kind of getting the inner workings of uh two Bene Gesserit together and uh their kind of dissatisfaction with the um accommodations Lido has left them I, th- I find that all pretty funny um, yeah uh, I I also like how how we we get two distinct like characters that are both Bene Gesserit you know that they're, they're not just like two Helen Moheim clones you know that's that's cool. yeah absolutely um and yeah, the the message that they get is is uh obviously of grave importance and um now the, yeah they're in a tricky situation now. How do they go about it? They they can't team up with the Tailaxu. Do they tell the guards? Will the guards believe them? Um, yeah. Uh, but the chapter does end on them talking about Siona. Uh. And them them kind of comparing Siona's potential to Paul. Yes. Um and and they also mentioned that that uh Siona fades from, from the guild's site. Uh and and right. they theorize that the same thing happens with Lita, which we know is true. Yeah. Yeah, right. They're like no one knows for sure, but yeah, that and, and they they take that as an indication of her you know, some sort of like remarkable power within her, whether she knows yeah. it or not, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So that, I mean, that's, that's, uh, all very, very interesting. I, you know, I, uh, I like these characters. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, especially with the, the world building touch from before that like due to the chokehold on spice that the Bene Gesserit are making less and less reverend mothers. And so I kind of also got this impression that, um, you know, who knows having two reverend mothers in the same room might be like a big deal. You know, that's not really remarked on no, by that's anyone, a good point. but I was thinking that especially due to like the age difference, you know, you kind of imagine that even though the spice slows the aging process like clearly antioch is older however old she is yep and so um with lucille you know who knows how long she's really been a reverend mother you know she might be kind of pretty fresh into you know just like dealing with all these memory selves and um you know she might even be like working with antioch to i don't know be able to to learn how to be like a more composed or more professional 
Reverend Mother, but I but yeah. I liked it thinking about like the larger picture of um, that we know at the very least there's less Reverend Mothers than at the height of their power, so it it could be like um, you know certainly not a big deal to Leto who obviously couldn't give less of a shit, but to the Bene Gesserit themselves, you know, sending two Reverend Mothers anywhere might be like you know a something of great a very importance. momentous occasion, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's probably correct. Um, and then, yeah, as far as it goes with Siona, um, you know, I, I like I like how certain things are being brought back into the fold in ways that feels like they weren't just important to the book they were in. And so to like say that more specifically, I mean, like with Messiah, we are getting back this idea of concealing yourself from prescient beings if you yourself have a kind of like prescient power yes with edric and then also the face dancing of course with Sightail, we're going to get we're getting face dancers again you know uh it doesn't mean that it'll be like prominent but you know just that it's like not forgotten entirely yeah because it feels like in children of dune I don't know, maybe, I think the oracular site, the the lack of that might have been important, I kind of forget, to be honest, but there, you know, but there weren't face dancers. No, I mean, it it, it, it was probably mentioned a couple times, but it was certainly not, not as important as uh, in Messiah. Right, and so here we're kind of like leapfrogging a book, and it's like, yeah. hey, you know, these things aren't just plot points to make the writing more convenient yeah. in Messiah, and it's, or even it's, if they were, it's it also very. It it's very interesting to me too. Cause like some of the themes in this book are very similar to Messiah as well. You know, it's a, it's, it's, it's about, you know, um, how to kill a God just on a whole different level, you know, on, on a, on, you know, a multi millennia level and just a, a level of power too that, that is kind of unfathomable. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I think this is this is there 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 are definitely a lot of parallels between the two books, and I, I I'm interested in uh, digging deeper into that. Um, totally, because because I feel like maybe this this kind of is is Herbert's um uh it's it's maybe kind of him kind of expanding upon his a lot of the thoughts he was throwing around in doing messiah yeah i can see that and um like you mentioned talking about the similarities between the two books especially in children of dune for all of leto's you know uh snide remarks here and there about like oh you know well my dad wasn't able to do this you know yeah. my dad couldn't do this and for all of Leto's careful planning and, and foresight um, and tough decision-making, in some ways he does find himself in the same place Paul is at in Messiah, where he's mm -hmm. at the, the, the very figurehead of this galaxy-spanning machine of his own creation, and uh, he fucking hates it, yeah. <laughs> actually. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's true. There's at least that connection 
between the two of them. That that father like son sort of thing that they have. Yeah, together. definitely. Um, but yeah, right. I mean, for Siona, it, it kind of just it doesn't really deepen the mystery. It just kind of furthers it. It's like yes, it's still there. We don't really get any illumination on what any of it means. Just that other characters are aware of it, and it kind of keeps it fresh in our minds too. Yeah, for whenever it matters. So definitely. All right. Um, yeah. I, lastly, before we go to the next one, I, I guess I just like also the once the Reverend Mothers have the message, I just like that they need to like be careful with it, and they even need to be careful with like how they discuss it mm-hmm. because they also don't know if like they're like, well, what does Leto know? You know, yeah. is he prescient? Like potentially, he could have viewed. Mm-hmm the conversation that they're having now in the past, you know, yeah. like kind of like the whole thing where the Reverend mothers were saying, like, if we're going to be plotting against you, tell us, yeah, you I know, us so to do stop. something, tell us like, yep. and suddenly they kind of find themselves wrapped up in this plot in their own present moment. And, um, they're like kind of thinking about how, how, and if, you know, Leto, is aware of this or, or has been aware of it before it happened. And like, mm. how do they proceed? Like given that knowledge? Yeah. Um, I don't think it like really turns into anything interesting other than that. Like just the fact that they remark on it, I think is, is, is worth touching on too. It's just kind of cool that that's like a problem that they need to consider as flipper lickers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they they can't you know make any and any decisions under the assumption that Leto is not or has not watched them make those right. decisions uh which is really like isn't that kind of like the whole point of god like the like, yeah. like, like the christian god especially right he's yeah he's watching you he can see when you you know sin um absolutely good point yeah so so that's that's pretty interesting um, but it's it's not really because they want to please him. It's because they don't want to feel the wrath of 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 right. Of him. Yeah. So like Old Testament God. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Christian God too. It it's, is the Christian God. You yeah. know. So they it still it still works. It yeah. Still fits. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, let's uh let's get to this third chapter here. Um, but okay. I mean, yeah, they, the, the Reverend mothers says we must prepare ourselves for the worst, get one of those fish speaker guards in here. So the chapter ends, we get that they are, uh, at least going to try and talk to one of the guards. Um, all right. Third chapter. Um, I want to quickly mention the opening passage to this chapter. I don't, in the time I'm going to talk about, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do it. I could just read the whole passage, but let me just try and read bits and pieces. Yeah, sure. Unceasing warfare gives rise to its own social conditions, which have been similar in all epochs. People enter a permanent state of alertness to ward off attacks. You see the absolute rule of the autocrat. All new things become dangerous. Frontier districts, new planets, whatever. Everything is suspect. Feudalism takes hold, sometimes disguised as Politburo. 
or similar structure, but always present, hereditary succession follows the lines of power. The blood of the powerful dominates. The vice regents of heaven, or their equivalent, apportion the wealth. And they know they must control inheritance or slowly let the power melt away. Now do you understand Leto's piece? Well, do you? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> uh, is there anything you'd like to say about that, or should I start? Because I, I had something that I wanted to mention. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I like that it ends in that question. Now do you understand Leto? Pe- now do you understand Leto's piece? Because I feel like I haven't that much, mm-hmm. and this doesn't really offer an answer in, a, in an obvious yeah. way. But it did cause me to think about it at the very least. And um, and I, I feel like what it's saying is so we get the first two words unceasing warfare right and so in this landscape of unceasing warfare it causes a landslide of all other problems you know people need to change their behavior and adapt and do terrible things in a world of unending war and so i think what it's ultimately saying is when war is allowed to happen, then there's all these kind of like other tumors that grow off of it and create all these smaller, horrible problems as well. Yeah. And so I, Leto, have stopped all war. And because there's no more war, there's also no more of these other things. And I think it also kind of speaks to the stranglehold on spice that Leto has. We kind of got that, that bit, however many chapters ago, talking about how almost all the major houses are either destroyed or they're just house miners now. Yeah. And there's only like two or three like major houses even existing, just uh-huh. hanging on to their, their hoard of wealth. Um, And so, like, that kind of speaks to the inheritance that they need to control, you know, that they know that they need to have their, their, their hereditary, their blood pass on. Um, So I have one more thing I want to mention, but, but so I think the first part of this is Leto's like, there's no more war. And because of that, all this other shit is not happening the way that it was either. Like, that's part of Leto's piece. But, like, also, I think, just like with most things with Leto, there's this hypocrisy about it. Because hereditary succession follows the line of power. The blood of the powerful dominates. The vice regents of heaven, or their equivalent, apportion the wealth. And those three sentences also describe Leto's rule, you know? He is the one creating the you know he's not having children of his own but he's breeding yeah you know yeah he's and still micromanaging he, this he also line. he also is the son of a god you know yes yes right and the vice region of heaven like exactly he is that thing and he does control all of the wealth because of course 
the wealth is the spice yep. that he has. But and so, but he also despises it. He does, and knows that he is what he hates. Well, okay, right. That's what I was gonna land on too. Is like that in order to stop these problems, Leto needs to like absorb all of them into one thing. Yeah. So instead of it splintering off and having like hundreds of thousands or millions or however many individual people be committing these crimes throughout the entire universe, I think Leto is like, I've consolidated all of this awful thing into one being yep. to minimize its impact. And it's me, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right. Yeah. And I mean, even you could you could think of like his breeding program even as like kind of muddying the waters or or making the Atreides line like less uh less of a privilege, you know, cuz it's so it's 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 so uh like bountiful, I guess. Yeah. Um and also especially with with his his, you know, him taking to to injecting kind of random variables into the the bloodline too. Um but yeah, I mean, he 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 totally is everything that he rails against uh so like from the outside like if if you're the Bene Gesserit or the guild or just you know citizens of the imperium or whatever um yeah he is just a a terrible tyrannical ruler Mm. and he is that he is an insane tyrant an insane tyrant yeah yeah um but in in his mind he is the end of all that he it's he it ends with him he's the last of it yeah. Yeah, I don't know how explicitly that's been stated, but I do think that that's what he thinks as well. Yeah. That that seems to be the Yeah. At, at least for the for a long long time after right. he after he passes. I think that's what his idea is. All right. Well, so that's Leto's piece. We kind um, of understand it now. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> right now, do you understand? I don't know. <laughs> you know. Um. So now we're getting back to let's see, what is this chapter? It, okay, so it's Leto and Monio again. They're getting closer to the bridge. Um. Leto is kind of starting to ramble and Monio is taking that as a bit of a bad sign. Yeah. Um, but he's talking about rhetorical despotism. Um, it, there's this part here too. In the shadow of every religion lurks a Torquemada. You've never encountered that name, I know, because I caused it to be expunged from all the records. Why was that, Lord? He was an obscenity. He made living torches out of people who disagreed with him. Monio pitched his voice low. Like the historians who angered you, Lord? Do you question my actions? <laughs> da, da, da. Which goes back to what we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, there is this interesting bit, though, because we did hear about Leto burning these people before. Yep. Um... And he, Leto says, the historians died peacefully. Not a one felt the flames. Um, 
Torquemada, however, delighted in commending to his god the agonized screams of his burning victims. So Leto really, like, <laughs> really uh, believes in this distinction that he's like, yeah, you know, hey, I might have killed those historians, but at least they didn't actually, like, die horrible burning death like this other guy in history that you don't even know about. Much. Yeah. Like, fucking idiot. They like, didn't feel a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of like that whole... And I, I really want to talk about it, but we're not there yet. But this conversation that Leto has with the Bene Gesserit about, like, what truth is and how yeah. words are used, like, um, this is all a part of it too. Like Leto is like, well, the, the truth, the wordless truth of this moment that Leto's talking about is that, you know, Leto killed these historians, made this decision, um, presumably out of good intent for mm. like the widespread knowledge of all humanity. And then even did it in a, um, merciful way, you know, like he wanted the story to be passed around. He wanted to have his cake and eat it too. He wants everyone to think that he horribly burned these historians. Yes. Just like this tyrannical dictator from the past. Mm. But in private, he can admit to Monia, like, I only want the story. I only want the myth of that to be known. Yeah. But the reality of it is that I killed them, but, like, it was all right, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he he definitely perpetuates his his myth. That's an important part of the Golden Path, I think. Yeah. Um, and also, maybe it was that first chapter. If you see the, the wool gathering thing here, can you tell me? Because I swear yeah. I'm, I'm looking for that I'll shit. let you know. One okay. thing that I do want to mention is is that uh, when he's talking in the beginning of this chapter to Manio about um, rhetorical despotism, uh, in talking about you know self righteousness and deliberately twisting meanings to discredit opposition and stuff, yeah. um, it's it it's just like such a uh, it it just it it just feels like our reality you know more than most of. Uh, Leto's philosophizing it just it, it it hits so close to home like yeah. within the last couple of years um not to be like a total lib or anything but you know it's uh okay, speak your speak your truth yeah it, it it it's like wow this is uh this is it's been happening for a long time huh yeah no i mean it, right if anything it's it's more of like um it's something that will remain relevant yeah in that, you know, it's it's really just an observation of a pattern and like and the way that um you know, these corrupt people that gain power um you know, you use these tools of statecraft. Mm -hmm. And you know, and even when people are aware of it and see them doing it right before their eyes, you know, it, there's almost not a lot you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um the awareness of it or the knowledge of it isn't even what disarms it, you know. It doesn't doesn't matter in some ways no no it doesn't yeah yeah no uh, you're because i mean when the truth doesn't matter when when you can twist your words twist people's words and use that against them it's like what what's the point of 
even speaking the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hear you, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Leto also says, he's like, oh, are you, do you know the, the myth that House Carino will someday have its ancient powers restored? Oh, yes, yeah. I've heard of it, Lord. And he's just like, have the, have the Carinos killed. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> um, I kind of wasn't even sure if he just mean, he says, has House Carino offered you a bribe, is how that starts. And then he says, have the Carino killed. And in my mind, that could either mean have the Carino who bribed you killed, or have the Carino, the house, killed. I think it does specifically mean just the one who bribed him. I think so, too. But, um, you know, yeah, hopefully the, the clarity of that message gets across to Duncan, too. He says he wants Duncan to do it. <laughs> I know Duncan um, just assumes he's going <laughs> to yeah, take right? down all of House Carino. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you got it, boss. Um, that is interesting that, that, that there is a rumor that House Carino is going to be, it is is going to rise again after all of these uh, millennia. Yeah, I like that. I like that small little uh, bit of, of world-building info there. It's I don't know, it, it has a bit of a game of thrones targaryen feel to it where they're like these like shamed man you're telling me ancient my house, first thought you know that my they first just thought. you know that someday they may yet rise up again yeah um i mean right you know you i know. do we'll yeah we'll get to it we'll yeah. get to it if we ever read game of thrones it'll be funny we'll get to do the reverse we'll read game of thrones and you'll be going like oh that makes me think of this part in dune yeah you know? you're, you're totally right yeah yeah so Huh. That, but that won't be for many years. That's we're, we're not <laughs> okay. even close to that. Yeah, but, you gotta get through know, maybe one day this and then Lord of the Rings, then yeah, uh, all the Doctor Who books, uh, every Doctor Who book. <laughs> uh, man, I I don't know. Looking through this chapter page by page, I'm like, wow, there's actually a lot to talk about, and we yeah. got 30 minutes left. Okay, like. so you know what I'm gonna do. What are you gonna do? You're gonna, I, what are you gonna do? I am gonna go pee. Oh, okay. Okay. When I mean, we got like an hour left, or or whatever, uh, <laughs> an hour, half an, sure, yeah, half an hour, whatever. It could be an hour. It might be an hour. We'll so see. we're gonna pause, and then we're gonna come back and do a uh, uh, a speed. Uh, we're 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 gonna do a Sonic the Hedgehog round. Great, cool. All right, speed up the the operation a bit. Get those rings. Okay, be right back. Okay. So, Sonic the Hedgehog, we'll fucking see. Supersonic right. round. We'll see. We're going back to the first chapter, because I need to read <laughs> oh, boy. that I found. We're going to restart. <laughs> because the, the wool gathering thing does come up in the third chapter. But it, it does happen for the first time in the first chapter we're reading here. Yeah. And this is what this is why it made me think of it. Here's the passage. They're talking about Siona. She, Siona, was far more of a rebel than he, Monio, had been. This is Leto thinking to himself. Far more. Leto had tamed his Monio, sensitized him to the golden path and the rightful duties for which he had been bred. But methods used on a Monio would not work with Siona. 
In his observation of this, Monio had learned things about his own training which he had never before suspected. Um. That is the exact language used for a Duncan Idaho. And Duncan even talks to Leto about it and says, why do you call me your Duncan Idaho? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Leto will be like, oh, well, don't you think of me as your Leto? Because, like, <laughs> you just pro- want to protect me and yeah. this and that. But, like, but Leto really is, like, you know, owns him. Yeah. Because he keeps making him. He does, yeah. And it gives me – I feel like something in the last section we talked about, too, or, like, something that I, I, I suggested could be true, is that Monio might be one also in a long line of sorts. Do you think he's a Gola? I – well – I, all I'm saying is, I mean, like, did you pick up on that in the first chapter? Because that is verbatim. His Monio. You're right. Monio. Yeah, that's you're right. never been said before. And I, when I read that, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I did not, uh, that did not occur to me. No, no. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, I, what, what it made me think of is, is yeah, there, there are, are some things that were hidden to Monio during his training and yeah Desiona is much stronger than him um or stronger stronger spirit at least uh but no you're 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 totally right um he I could, don't know something's he, up he he could well and then yeah that, that, yeah that's something is up you're right something is up it doesn't it feels like if it were like, oh, he is a Gola. Like that doesn't that doesn't sound right to me though. Exactly. Like it no. could be that. It could be that he is though. I mean, like if Monio has these memories, he wouldn't necessarily be able to distinguish, you know, between him being Monio now and him being Monio from however long ago. Maybe you know if it's close enough in time. Like yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and, I, I just and want to draw attention to it. No. I- Absolutely, and and then also the 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 fact that like we're kind of led to believe that Lita wants Siona to take over for Monio, like to be mm-hmm. his his right hand person. You know, that's kind yeah. of the idea. Um, so yeah, whether it's it's like a long line of exact replicas, a long line of some sort of different kind of Monio, or I I, I don't know. It's it's a uh, right. Yeah, it's it's unclear, but it could very possibly be some sort of clone or. Yeah, the only thing that's weird about it to me is we also know about um, Malky. Malky, and Malky yes. is yeah. supposedly Monio's predecessor. So I mean, like, does he change his name every time? You know, like was Malky mm. just Monio but with a different name? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. But I don't think it's nothing. That's all I'm saying. I don't think it's nothing. Um, uh, I don't think Malky was his predecessor. I think he was just the 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 ambassador and uh, one of uh, Leto's best buddies. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I don't think he was like his his guard or uh, assistant, but okay. Um, I guess but, you're right. But there definitely was a uh, a predecessor to Monio, and right. that's not really spoken of. At all, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So it could be that Monio is is re Golad. Yeah. Every however long as well. Or even Leto has found a way to like do it himself, maybe. Yeah. You know, like without the Tyloxu, because because if it was like a Tyloxu thing, then 
the Bene Gesserit would know, people would know that, that he was getting more Golas shipped in, right? True. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows about the Duncans. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So it's so like whatever it is, it's gonna be it'll it'll it will probably be different than the Duncan um line. I think so too. And speaking of Monio's training, let's we're going back to the third chapter now. <laughs> okay. Going through All our right. lightning round. Alright. Sonic um, supersonic round. Yeah, whatever. Um Monio You ever have Monio one of these uh this... Ever have one of these Vista oh Vista God. Bay hard seltzers? No, why do you have all these like off brands? Vista Bay of fucking hard seltzers. <laughs> this like... is this is Aldi's uh brand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, oh, like... oh, 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 wait. So I I've been drinking Red Bull a little bit recently, okay. like like when I do like first shift and stuff and uh so Yeah. Uh and so I I, I was at Aldi the other day and they have their own brand of Red Bull and it's called Red Thunder. Hmm. Yeah, right? I know. And we're like Red Lightning. Red Lightning. That was our comic uh, comic yeah. imprint back in the day. Yep. Yeah. So no, I know. cringe. I mean, so cringe just... right now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so cringe. I know, but it, doesn't it also feel like we were sitting on a potential gold mine this whole time? Well, we obviously I mean, were. We, we knew that. We knew that when J.J. Abrams stole our idea. He's, J.J. has stolen a lot from us, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's and that now he he stole my joy as an adult. As yeah, if it wasn't good enough. He's, I mean he he's been he's been a menace. Yeah, our, yeah, our, for real for for decades now. And True, I can't get away from that guy. No matter what he's done to everyone else, like it feels like it's it's personal with between us and him. So that's just that's all I'll say here. But it feels like he knows. You know, that's the thing. I that think really he he has, he has to know. He has to know. Anyways, uh. So we get this flashback where Monio's thinking about uh, the first time, maybe the only time, that Leto showed him the Spice Horde. Yes. Underground. He's in awe of it. And it's cool that he sees the Spice and stuff and all that. Cool that we see like a younger Monio kind of like first interacting mm-hmm. presumably with Leto. But the big thing is Leto talking to Monio about his eventual death, restarting the spice cycle, um, the like re-desertification of Arrakis yep. back into Dune. You know, all these things that, um, speaking of, honestly, we should, we should be talking about Leto as a god stand in way more given the obviousness of the title but mm, yeah absolutely. It, it feels it feels very much in this moment like um you know not just that leto is like foreseeing these things out of his own prescience it's kind of like he's explaining miracles to monio you know he's like and my body will return to the sand and I will split into a thousand sand trout and they will become a new sandworm, a, you know, a smarter, cleverer animal and it will recreate the spice and the grass will be destroyed. The water will be dragged back down to the center of the planet and the desert, you know, it's like all this shit, like Toledo He's literally just explaining the process, I think, in what he considers yeah. to be a very matter-of-fact kind of way. To Monio, 
he's getting like a message, like a divine message, you know? Um, Literally from God. Yes, exactly. And that's that's part of the power that Leto wields as yeah. this, this long-lived, otherworldly kind of hybrid creature. Um, yeah, I mean... It- Absolutely, and and I mean the uh, just the the whole sequence of events is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Within three hundred years, the sandworm once more will reign. Right. And like you said, a new a new kind of sandworm. Yes. Animal awareness and a new kind. In, in the last section, he was like, oh, yeah, there'll be a new sandworm. And they're like, how will it be different, Lord? And he's like, there will be more ganglia. Like, he yeah. literally, <laughs> it's like, oh. But um, here, too, in this chapter. It's the mitochondria. Monia, um, Monio's like, oh, well, hey, if all the crops die and this and that, like, what's going to happen to the people? And Leto is like, a lot of people are going to yep. die. Many will die. A lot. <laughs> and that is like I mean, a definite god perspective there. Yeah, too, absolutely. You know? Undernourishment and the old diseases will stock the land while only the hardiest survive, the hardiest and most brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be like a fucking plague, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. And then then he questions, must that be, Lord? The alternatives are worse. Yes, right. Teach me about the alternatives, and then he's like, "Yes." Uh, when uh, when it when it comes back to the present, uh, Monio's like, "Hey, well, at the very least, we, we the reader don't get to see it, but yeah. we kind of take take it from Monio." Monio's like, "I did indeed learn about the alternatives." Yeah. So, yep. uh, the obvious implication is that Leto is. You know, just like uh, uh, his father before him, in in most instances, I think, is making the terrible decisions to choose the the least evil. Yeah, it's true. So, um, and Monio, you know, this human character, we, we really just get, you know, he goes along with it. He agrees. And so, like, that's kind of enough for us. Not to put words in your mouth, but that that's the feeling that I get. Yeah, agreed. And I think that's the, the feeling that Herbert intends you to get, you know, that mm-hmm. he creates this character that's like, hey, we know that you have doubts, and I'm not even going to answer, you know, we might never learn of the alternatives fully. We understand that it would end in the destruction of all humanity, which maybe that's enough, but, um, you know, I like that it's not laid out for us. So. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in the last thing about Monio's past, because it's also brought up with Siona, um, it's kind of this idea of, like, taking away Siona's companions, um, Monio, here's the line, Monio trembled, thinking of how his own mating had been arranged the wrenching away from him no best not follow those memories there had been affection even a real love later but in the first days and then that's when he says he was wool gathering again yeah it it seems kind of unclear to me if it's that um 
Monio was forced to breed with someone who he didn't have affection for and later did, or if that he like truly loved someone else and Leto was like, no, but you're not compatible. You're mm. going to meet with someone that you feel nothing for and, you know, I'm God, so like you're doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of feel like it's the latter, but... Yeah, I, I mean, that's another thing a, that I there's, hadn't... There's I, a tragedy in his yeah, past. there is. I, I hadn't thought about, but, you know, especially the wrenching away from. It, that makes yeah. sense. That makes a lot of sense, and that that, that is very, very sad. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that very well could be the case. Um, and so... Leto kind of keeps rambling... It's important rambling, but we we don't need to get into it. Yeah, um, I mean, pretty much everything Lido says is like very important, but yeah, there's a there's just a too lot much to read of it. Into. There is, and holy shit, the the next chapter. But um, but essentially, Lido's pleased with Monio's responses with his wisdom, and he like bestows upon him a fucking wish. Yeah, you know, godlike again, mm-hmm. and Monio's like, um, I want Siona to come back to the Citadel. I I think it's important for her to be away from her companions. Yeah, uh, Leto's like, you know that that's going to you know advance the testing, which obviously Monio has his own reservations about. Yeah, um, but Monio seems to think that that's a worthwhile trade off for whatever reason. Um. And yeah, so it's, it's interesting yeah. that the Monio actually maybe fears for Siona's life more away from Leto than the near Leto. Yeah. It might be kind of like a fatherly proximity thing too, like almost yeah. if, if Monio were nearer to her that like maybe he personally could try and protect her That's true. better. Mhm. But yeah, there there is that that double edged aspect to it where she'll she'll probably be closer to real danger. Yeah. Than than yeah. not. Hmm. But yeah, so that's that's the end of our chapter here. We kind of get this this uh, setup for Monio and Siona to reunite, probably for Siona mm-hmm. to come back into the fold, maybe even to meet Leto. We'll see. Um, but yeah, these we're, we've kind of been ping ponging back and forth between like rebellion and royalty, right? Yeah, yeah. And this kind of maybe gives us maybe gives us the beginning for like these these two um, you know opposing sides of of the perspectives of this book to come together. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Okay, Sonic the Hedgehog. Let's go. <laughs> let's keep going. We got ten minutes. Gotta go left fast. Two chapters. So if we do five minutes on each of these last two chapters, which is totally doable. All right, let's not get ahead of we'll, ourselves. We'll make, our, we'll make our goal. All right. So this next, this fourth chapter here, this is Sister Chinoe. Um, this is an account after she died. I went back to... So the last section, the second chapter of the last section, that was like the breakdown of the universe, that's written by this B'nai Gesserit, Sister Chinoe. Yep. Um, and so 
And that makes sense because that starts with her kind of recounting the peregrination. Hmm. <laughs> Talking with Leto. Uh, and so it's, it's kind of weird. Again, like I like the way that this, the, the timeline of the book is revealed to us too. Like I like that we get that ahead of this. Yeah, same. And then... This is kind of her, her uh, like, unofficial account, while the other one was, like, her her kind of on-the-books account. Yeah. Although they're both on the books, because what we're reading isn't really, um, isn't really coming from her. They are both documents, because yeah. this chapter starts that this is her account found among her papers after her death. I I I think maybe maybe the first one was kind of what she maybe turned in before. Oh, she, oh, know, right, right. Initially, I see what you mean. and then this I is what, what they mean. found afterwards. Yes, yeah, yeah. Nope, that's that's true. That's totally true. Yeah. Uh so you know, we we get man Okay, I think I will try and condense as much as possible because almost all of this chapter is just like one giant uh, monologue here yeah. from Leto talking about the nature of of truth, um, of of words and how they can transmit and conceal truth. You know what what the truth is from different people, how that like ties into leadership. Um, into his role as a god, into perpetuating these these stories. Um, I don't know. It's a lot. It is but a lot. Yeah. In the end, I I really like the the end of their exchange because at the beginning of it, Chenoue is like, you know, why we you know we've never met before. I'm just essentially a no name Bene Gesserit. Why are you telling me all these things? You know. And Leto's like, well, <laughs> this is going to be the last time you and I ever talk. Yep. And um, I really like I really like Chenoue's reasoning for this too. She documents her thinking about it. She says that Leto is using her as a kind of journal here too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He knows that she's been trained to record words verbatim. Mm-hmm. So he goes off on this long rant and then she's like, well, he's not going to kill me, right? Because I now have all these words in me yeah. that he wants preserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to ask a bold question and he's like, are you going to die? Mm-hmm. And I particularly like this question because it's also coming off of what we know from the previous chapters, that there is an assassination attempt in the works. Yes, 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 and yes. So Especially given how, I mean, it would have been crazy. Uh, it would have been insane to be like, oh, yeah, like, we're going to fucking kill Leto, you know. Uh, Not even halfway through. through. this book, right. Um, but you were like, the, the way your text messages were, like, so frantic. You're like, you got to read. You know, <laughs> I'm like, what, what is going on here? Like, you know. And so a part of me, I have to say, kind of got kind of really swept up into this. And I'm yeah. like. You know, is there like a threat to Leto's life here? And Leto just laughs. And yep. he's like straight up. He's like, no, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. It's you. Yeah. Turns out she's allergic to the water of life. 
Yes. Um, and I just, I really, I really like her reaction too. It, I guess now you got me thinking about it. It really just feels like another kind of godlike thing. It's like, don't fear death. You know, like yeah. death comes for us all. Like, yep. you know, if you were to talk with God about dying, he wouldn't be sad for you. He'd be like, yeah, dude, come to heaven. You know, yep. like it's great here. Mm-hmm. Obviously not a one-to-one in this situation, but, you know, but Chenoe kind of describes this feeling of like immediate bonding and in a kind of like friendship, I think she says with Leto and that like, not only have they shared this like specific moment, but like it kind of allows her to, to, to face her own death without fear, like by having been given the knowledge of it. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, I think you're right. So that's how it comes off. Right. I don't know. And I don't know. Like I, so much of this chapter is about how like words actually can't capture like a real truth and that the truth can even be so many things, Yeah, you know? And so it feels a little silly. I, I don't think I am going to successfully put any of it in words either, but I, I really like this feeling that the chapter then leaves you with, you know, that Chenoe is like, I too, like I, I can't describe what this feeling is, you know, this feeling of like the, being at so at peace with my death and this like momentary intense bond that I had with Leto. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so even in the face of like my own mortality, like I, I was like given something like transcendent, you know, like yeah. beyond human. Yeah. I mean the, 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 the last two sentences she writes, um, it was not until the instant of this experience that I understood what he had meant by the wordless truth. It happened. Yeah. I cannot describe it. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy because it's like, like did did she kind of just just end up with Lido on on a night where he felt like really chatty and like was it like a like a you know one of his surprise kind of like oh I'll just do this now because that'll be fun you know yeah um or was it a plan all along where where yeah he kind of used her as a message similarly how he used you know, uses Siona stealing his, his journals, uh, as a message, you know? Right. And also it's like, you know, with all of his talk about the truth and, you know, uh, like hide your, your truth, well, you know, within your words or whatever, something like that. Um, it, really kind of goes to show that like this entire time with his journals and with his postulating to Monio and Duncan and whoever else like he's he's like painting a picture he's like he's like writing his story you know in real time mm-hmm. and it's like not necessarily the truth or not necessarily what he believes but it's like the story he wants to leave behind I guess right in 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 different ways so I don't know that's that's very interesting cuz there's a difference between like what he wants his empire to know about him now and what he wants to leave them with after he goes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Um it is 
really interesting to see him like kind of create this sort of mosaic of himself because like it's pieces that he leaves in different places. So, yeah, you know, like he had like the the Bene Gesserit have this piece. The journals that he he has Siona steal yep, exactly have the other piece. He has his own other journals. Like you know, it, it's kind of all just like laid out in in these weird other parts. Um, and like the other big thing about this discussion too is like not only about the truth and trying to like document things and and even what you can capture in words, but then also how the passage of time affects those things mm-hmm. and you know how how what the truth is in the present can be different than what the truth is in the future. Yeah. Like through the lens of history. And so we know that, um, Chinoe documents these words spoken, like completely true. And and one of the things that gives her like this sense of ease and comfort is like Leto being like, Oh, don't worry. You know, you preserve my words, you know, people of the future are going to regard you as a saint. You know, they'll pray mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the footnote at the end of this is like, actually it's, you know, it's like, it's like an arrest development with the narrator. And they're like, <laughs> actually they didn't, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> I know. Um, but it, I, I don't even really know what, what point I want to make because my thoughts aren't really gathered on this, but like this idea that, um, you can imagine that Leto knew what Chenoe would be seen in the future or, or not seen rather, you know, mm-hmm. but like he kind of gives her her own truth in, in that, in that present of the discussion. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You're right. I mean, he comforts her. Right. But like you, again, you can imagine that like through his prescience that he would know her, her ultimate fate. Oh her yeah. Of true course. Yeah. Wordless fate, mm-hmm. you know, um, but that it doesn't really matter, you know, that he can warp these things as he sees fit, you know, throughout yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And similarly, he can probably see how people view him already. And so, like, is he... That's a good point, yeah. ...taking these steps to um, to improve that? Mm-hmm. Or to, I mean, I don't know. It's always weird when you think about, like, the way that... It, right, it's not that the present affects the future, though, like they said, right? Always. It's that sometimes the future yeah. writes the past. Yep, yep. So who even knows, really, what the cause and effect is? But but I guess what I mean is, like, um, especially when it comes to, like, sh- shifting history and, like, changing history and the things that, like, get preserved and the things that get lost. And, and given that each chapter has been starting with a passage from the stolen journals and that Leto does have an investment in preserving his words because when he's talking with Chinoa here too, he says like, you Bene Gesserit say that I'm an insane tyrant. And he's like, yeah, yeah, true enough. I do horrible things. But like, let it be known that there is this like split within me, you know, that when these horrible things do take place, you know, I'm not fully in control. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I want people to know, I want people to know of the future that, like, there is a, a kind of humanity within me. And there is a kind of conflict between, like, my actions. You know, like, I think Leto's saying, like, I own all my actions. Yeah. You know, but, like, I want people to know that there is, like, this dichotomy. There's a, there's a duality within him. and Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough, too, because it's like he's not really remorseful at all yeah you know because i mean for like 
there's the Fremen within him that doesn't have guilt, doesn't doesn't recognize guilt. Then also there's him, you know, at a very young age, nine years old, choosing the golden path, which he you know, he had all laid out before him. He he knew what what he was going to do. So how could he, you know, ha- have remorse for something he he willingly jumped into, not even really haphazardly. Like he he had thought through all of the uh, consequences and you know the negative aspects, and he still chose to go through with it. So right, um, that right. has not changed. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to fully gather my thoughts here and we want to get to the last chapter yeah. here. So I, maybe um, this will get expanded on, or maybe we'll just return to this, but I, I feel like there's a, a lot, a lot like swirling around this idea of, of truth and history. Yeah. Definitely. And, and how that, and with burning, how Leto sees that burning the books, you know, and, um, but then him also, right. Erasing burning somebody who, somebody who burned books from history. It's it's yeah. There there there's yeah, there's deep the levels of irony there. We know uh, too that there's the oral history and the formal history yes. that Leto has. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's it's a, uh, I it's it's it it, it 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 makes you question if it, is there such a thing as truth or just different perceptions of things. You yeah, know? Uh, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, um, maybe we'll get more into that another day, but it's all there. Is there anything else you'd like to mention here before we go on to our last chapter? No, I just think um, I think it was nice having a chapter that is, you know, Leo having a kind of a, you know, more or less pleasant conversation with somebody um, at a gathering and kind of him kind of you know wearing his car his his heart on his sleeve a little bit uh yeah so yeah it, you know showed a little bit of a different side of him you know maybe maybe even reminded me more of the Lido in uh in in children of doom yeah yeah he definitely seemed more humble yeah you know? yep. definitely felt like um you know he he really had time for Someone who we would otherwise see as inconsequential. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which, I guess, I think you can definitely argue too, and that's a good point. Let, let's use this as a springboard into our last chapter. Um, you know, if if Leto taking the time to not only talk to Chinoe, and albeit for his own purposes, but you know, also to comfort her, like you said, he really mm. does comfort her at the end. Yeah, and we also know he, you know, potentially given how far in the future he's seen, or what specific visions of the future he's seen, he might even be lying to her for yeah. her own comfort. <laughs> I know. Um, and that's a pretty far cry from his reaction to the museum fremen in, in this final chapter. And yes, true. we do know that Monio has been worried about these fremen because he know that. Monio's the one who set up this meeting, and he's like, wow, I finally just got Leto to calm down again, and here we are coming up against these museum Fremen, and I know he's not going to like it. Yep. I know it's going to, you know, it could arouse the worm. Yeah, um, very well could. And so, sure enough, when they do get to the, the Fremen here, just before the bridge, 
Leto kind of freaks out. He's like, get these fucking people away from me, you know? And yep. at this point, speaking only for myself, I still thought that this was part of a genuine museum Fremen petition, to be honest. Yeah, 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 no, same, yeah, I I, I didn't think of the the uh, yeah. face dancers or whatever, that's not what I thought, right. I, I, I just thought that they were going to fuck shit up. Right, so it, it feels like at this point in this chapter, just before, it's revealed very, very shortly after, but when I'm still under the impression that it's just museum Fremen, you know, I kind of feel like you know who knows? They pro- maybe they just want like more food, or I don't yeah. know what they're petitioning yep. for. But you know, I kind of get this feeling that it's like probably a humble request. And Leto is like very much like, "I'm God, get these peasants away from me," and you know forces his army on them. I mean, Leto too. It kind of seems like that this is one of the things that does actually surprise him. We kind of get this feeling that Leto doesn't know they were going to be face dancers, right? That's yeah. I I don't, I don't think he did, and it's unclear too if if he he realizes that before his reaction. It it seems like right. he doesn't. It seems like he doesn't. Exactly. So I think even if these people were completely innocent, his reaction would have been the same. Yeah. Or that his reaction is under the assumption that they are completely innocent. Yep. And it's only kind of like, um, it's only kind of like retroactively like, oh, it's okay that they were all killed because they were like the bad guys. But like, yes, there's no guarantee they were going to be bad guys. Mm-hmm. He was going to do the same thing no matter what. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think that's true. this, and I think the only thing that, you know, again, not, not absolves Leto, but kind of shines it in a different light is that there's been all this buildup since the first chapter of this section with Monio being like, the worm is coming due to these conditions. Yep. And Monio keeps thinking like, when we see the museum Fremen, that could trigger the worm. And so we get this idea that this is not the same Leto who's doing this horrible thing. Yeah. This is the worm. Like, I think this is the first time we really see it. You know, I do too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a total, uh, switch flip, you know, and it's kind of interesting too because I feel like I kind of feel like all of his posturing and like conversations with Duncan and with Monio up to this point is like him kind of trying to suppress that, yes, or to kind of like convince himself even that that the worm is not coming out that he is in control of the situation when he's actually not. I, I think that's a great point. I think you're completely right about that. That there's like he that he also senses this yeah this swelling and he's definitely compensating that compensating for that with kind of uh you know obviously rambling and then you know diving into nostalgia and mm-hmm. whatnot. But yeah, so uh, but then this is this is the trigger, right? Yeah, he can only take so much. Yep. And so, sure enough, though, um, the the museum Fremen are revealed to be the Tleilaxu assassins. They take off their Fremen robes, 
They're all wearing identical Duncan Idaho uniforms, and they all face dance into Duncan Idaho. Yes. Fucking crazy. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I did too. I did too. But they do that. It's the, the, I mean, face dancers, the, like they've got such a great weapon to use. Uh, and and it really hasn't been utilized to uh, its potential. Uh, you know, to to this point, obviously, it was utilized well in Messiah, but I feel like there's there there was definitely ground to cover. So I was happy that we got a a, a face dancer attack, right? And I mean, for like as, as as far as like an action scene goes, which we really haven't had many since you know the end of children uh even even before that we haven't really had a proper action scene until right. this point so uh i mean it, it, you know it was good uh you know i mean seeing the worm in action and and duncan's uh skill um <laughs> nakedness yes well yeah that's that's the thing is <laughs> i mean you know the funniest part is after all the uh the the battle and bloodshed is is over. You know, Leto turns around and sees just Duncan totally naked in yeah. the field. Um, obviously removing all of his clothing because all of his face dancer imposters were in his uniform, identical. Um, so that was something part. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's still a lingering feeling like, well, what if this Duncan is a face dancer? But then yeah. you think to yourself, like, oh well, we know that there are obvious indications that they, somebody is a face dancer, and Lita would probably know right away. So, yeah, you know, they, I think this is still, that. I think this is still our Duncan. But, um, yeah, that's the first time we've seen him totally naked. So I, I was happy for that. I was happy to <laughs> happy to picture that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is a cool fight scene. We get um, Leto just like splattering people with his cart, mm-hmm. which is uh, interesting. And then the the fish speakers um, they form a phalanx formation, which I thought was kind of interesting because that's um, like an ancient Roman military mm. uh, strategy, you know, where they they yeah. would like surround people with the shields and have their spears out and shit. And of course, you know, Lita loves to rail against the Romans, but yes, clearly he he's trained them uh, in, in some aspects of their warfare yeah, as well. That's so, a great point. You're right. Kind of more of that um, becoming the thing that you hate, I think. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he, even when he sees Duncan naked, he, he can't help but think that he looks like a, what does he say? Like a Greek hero. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 I mean, you, who's who's kind of going through the Iliad, I feel I like know. that's exactly what it is. It is, yeah. Drawing on that kind of Absolutely. old school, uh, you know, warrior there. Classic warrior. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, what's, what's kind of funny is I kind of feel like Duncan has always been intended to, you know, have, have those qualities. What just given like his his uh, code of honor and his code of honor his his good looks you know his yeah good, good looks is a big one actually you're yeah. totally right yep that w- that will always be remarked on in those stories but never as highlighted as a uh, as it is now so yeah yeah 
Yeah, also also a good point. When um when Leto sees Duncan like that, he laughs. And Duncan's like, 30 of your people are dead. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Leto's just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just make it look like it never happened. Tell everyone to stop mourning. You know, like even even people who uh you know were not part of the the battle, like the the people, what are the courtiers, the, the yeah, the court, um, yeah. even some of them died, and they're the ones you know they're crying. And Leto says he can hear Monio tell them like, oh, you know, you gotta like fucking stop, you know, we're yeah. we're gonna get to the city and make it seem like nothing happened at all. And so Leto is like, you know, the ultimate fuck you is that we're not even going to acknowledge that it happened. We're going yeah. to make it seem as if nothing happened. Yeah. Um, and so the Slaylaxi are going to be like, whoa, what's going on? And then we're going to publicly flog them without reason. <laughs> and they're like, oh. That's the funniest <laughs> shit. <laughs> no one, uh, no one, no one was really like, oh, good plan, Lord. But, you know, they kind of all have to, uh, Go got, along with that. So you got to go like along with it, yeah. What's going on there? It's like, yeah, we're just going to do it, and like they'll they'll know why. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, they're like, what about what other people think? And he's just like, well, I don't even really remember what his response is, but it's pretty much like, well, you know, let them let them think what they want. Yeah, we, exactly. That, that kind of also is like, you know, what, you know, we'll have our own truth, you know, yep. and they'll see theirs, you know, and... Yep. Uh, the, the the differing truths don't matter to God, you know. Um, so so yeah, I uh, I thought this was a cool chapter, a real culmination of the events in the the previous four chapters, which was nice. Like there was a good arc to this section of of the reading, um, introducing this this plot and then ending with the plot. Um, the only thing. And this is what I was saying I wanted to talk about before, at the very beginning, was, you know, I liked this this idea of, like, the face dancer infiltration. And to either have the original Duncan be a face dancer, which I'm fine, they, you know, maybe that was dumb, whatever, like, I don't care. That was just my first thought. Yeah. I thought it was pretty awesome when the other face dancers all turn into Duncan, but then it feels like it's resolved so quickly. I'm kind of left feeling like, well, why does it matter? I know. And the way the chapter ends, like it does feel like there's going to be, you know, like more consequences to it. Like I think with the the public punishment, you know, that could cause waves through some of the other uh factions particularly the, the Tlaloju I mean like this might be like the inception point for more things to happen in this like final uh two-thirds or so of the book yeah um, yep yep but for what it stands right now it kind of felt like there was this build-up and then not an anti-climax because I think what happened is cool but like it just feels like in my mind, maybe there could have been a more interesting consequence with having these face dancers um, be involved in the plot rather than just having them show up and then all be killed. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with you. There's that's definitely um, there's definitely a story to tell there where where they did gain more ground and they ended up 
gaining, but obviously not the story that Herbert wanted to tell. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah, it's, it continues to be interesting and frustrating where those points diverge, you know, it's like the most logical <laughs> path we're going, you know, down the story and then what Herbert wants are, are two different things. Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, but also just knowing, you know, how powerful Lido is, like, it makes sense that they didn't succeed. But also, it's kind of eye-opening, too, to, like, think about, like, how easily they could have succeeded. Like, like Lido does mention, too, that, like, just, like, just 500 years ago, they would have been a lot more powerful and mm-hmm. had a lot more, you know, tactical skill. Um, and they would have been a formidable uh, force to reckon with. Yes, and so, even um, when when Duncan says like, "Oh, you know," he sees the lasgun blast, and he's like, "Are you hurt?" And the line is something like, "You know, uh, lasguns do not affect me." He lied. Yeah. He. Yep. Yep. He. He says he's a he, he's immune to lasgun blasts. Right. And so, then, yeah, which 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 is a lie. This is the second. Uh, repetition. This is this is we we get this repetition of the las gun as like a a narrowly dodged threat. The yeah. first Duncan does it, and Leto's like, eh, you know, wasn't really going to be a problem. But like here, it feels like it could have been more. Like yeah, the book acknowledging that Leto is knowingly lying mm-hmm. about his immunity, I think, is more telling than the first time it happens when Leto's like, oh, he could have shot my brain and killed me. If only he knew that my brain is my whole body. Yeah. You know, like, and you're like, okay, <laughs> so are you fine or what? Yeah, like, it's hard, here, to, hard to say. Here the book is very clearly like, no, there are actual potential problems yes. to Leto getting shot by a las gun. Like, yeah. it can hurt him. It can maybe kill him, you know? Yep. I, I kind of wonder if this is also setting us up at least in terms of logical story progression. So you know what? You're right. It's Herbert. Probably won't be what happens. <laughs> but I feel like in any other story that was that was laid out this way, this would be telegraphing to us yep. that, you know, Leto and a Lasgun, some kind of confrontation for them is going to end up being very significant yes. to the book. I I agree that that usually would be some some foreshadowing. Um, in this case, I don't know. We will see. I mean, maybe it'll be that Alaskan is going to be significant, but not in the way we think it's going to be. So yeah. it's 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 hard to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, how how is this chapter ends? Um, what's the? Um, I mean, it you know since since Monio um is the one who has set up this kind of uh, petition with the museum from, and he's feeling guilty, and then at the end. Um, Leto asks or tells him there's a special lesson here for you, Manio, and he thinks that it's like, oh yeah, that's it's my fault that I, that I set this up. You know, I, I should have suspected face dancers, but then he says some some more things about Siona. It's a lesson for your daughter. He says, he says, uh, tell her this. In a fragile way, she is like that force within me, which acts without knowing. Because of her, I remember what it was to be human and to love. Yeah, Monio's like, "What the fuck does that mean?" 
And Leto says, just give her the message, dude. Don't try and understand it. Right. Yeah, I actually, I like when Leto says things like that because it kind of also feels like an acknowledgement to the reader where it's like, like, similarly, I'm reading a line and I go, what? Yeah. And then Leto's like, you don't have to get it. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. know that this is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, similarly, it's like we read and take in those words. We get that message that he's trying to deliver. Yeah. And, yep. um, you know, your level of, underst- or you know, supposed understanding might vary. But again, you know, for me, I can say I'm not. I'm not totally sure. No, what, no, what he no. Means by that me either. either. I mean, so. e- I mean, I don't know. Part of me even thinks like, since Siona has discovered that you know Leto do- is capable of love, and that could be a weakness. I mean, it kind of makes me even think like, I know Siona fades from his vision, but if he has any kind of inkling of an idea that that she has discovered that, maybe this is just him setting up a trap for her. Um, yeah, some some kind of thing to to uh, draw her in to, to you know, you know into his uh his you know um crew I don't know or his plot for her yeah true yeah right I mean the they they do keep mentioning it's not that Siona is omitted entirely from the visions. She yeah. fades from the visions. Yes. So like she does have some sort of a faint presence. Um just you know not a stable one. Yeah. You know? Yep, exactly. So yeah, unclear of what people do or don't know about her for sure. And then yeah, our chapter ends um Monio kind of comments on seeing the uh the people of the court, they have these listening devices and that they could have only came come from Ix. Yep. Um, and so he, yeah, he says, uh, he thought of the discovery as a symptom of rot. How could they prohibit such things when most of the courtiers and the fish speakers either knew or suspected that the God emperor traded with Ix for forbidden machines. Mm -hmm. And so of course that's another thing that keeps coming up as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But Monio's like reflection on it as a symptom of rot. I think is is important. Yeah. I think that's another thing that kind of feels like um maybe a bit of like a Roman Empire collapse to kind Absolutely. of see see the uh the weakening of the structures, you know, yes. it kind of in like slow motion to, yep. to see where things are going to fall apart. You know? Yeah. And I mean Lido has to know that you know that is the case because he himself know you know he 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 knew he'd have four thousand years of this rule and he's already at thirty five hundred so right you know I'm 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 sure he's kind of getting ready to uh to wrap things up and so I mean you know I I I don't know if he's if he has any interest in alleviating that that rot or or even concealing it i i think the thing is really is like not only is he aware but i think that he's creating it himself yeah you know yep yep i think that like we've discussed too and like you mentioned like if his plan really is to be the last of the tyrants um 
and and to take that past with him when he dies you know I, I think that he sees that he needs to to follow in those footsteps and to create those same mistakes too maybe in order to like destroy their pattern yeah yeah Dude, uh, you know the mistake to end all mistakes yeah of that perhaps. caliber right um so yeah 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 um a lot of interesting things happening in these chapters a lot of interesting setups um we're kind of left with this feeling that we're we're probably just about to get to on i wouldn't be surprised yes. if the next chapter we read we're just in the city you yep. know yep and so um you know it feels like for this next next uh section of chapters you know maybe we're getting into what's this city going to be like um to you know what what's this festival going to be like uh where does siona fit into this you know does the rebel group have like some sort of plan to try and disrupt this you know um very well could obviously Monio and Leto have agreed to bring Siona back to the Citadel with them, so, like, that's uh, a potentiality. How are the Bene Gesserit going to fit back into this? They're they're still in the city. You know, they'll probably uh, meet up with Leto. Oh, well, well, actually, didn't Leto um, say he's going to move their spot up now? Because they got word that, that, that they did tell one of the guards. Oh, um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, so I think that happened, and and uh, so, well, you know, may, maybe they'll be in better standing, uh, or at least yeah. Lito wants them to think that they are. So, <laughs> right? No, we'll certainly see. But I, I thought this was like a really natural endpoint. Yeah, definitely. The, the chapters that we read, and so it, it leaves me excited to see what's coming next. You know, we we kind of get a conclusion to the tension in these five chapters here yeah. at the end. Yeah, same. And, um, you know, we're, we're just, you know, set up to ask more and more questions, of course. So like always looking forward to that. Yeah. Yes, like yeah. always. I think we're, I think we're getting, we're, we're slowly getting into the actual action of the book. I think, I think we're, yeah. kind of, we're, we're, we're heading into that, uh, direction. Totally. No, I think we're, I think we're just about like exactly one third of the way through the book as yeah. I look at where my bookmark is now. And that's. That's right about the time that Herbert likes to start his stories, I think. Yes. <laughs> yep. You know, the, yep. that was that was like a little after, uh, you know, Leto dies in the first book. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think it's been really uh, it's it's been a very effective lead up so far in this book. I think I think it's it's all been pretty captivating. And. Uh, yeah. I don't know. No, for sure. There's. There's a lot of setup, but, you know, so many things have changed. There needs to be this this amount of time, this, like, big section to get us to wherever the fuck this is going. You know, yeah, it really feels like wherever this is going to end is going to be very different from how it starts. You know, it's yeah. not... I don't think we're just going to be getting this, like, Rebels... Uh, empire kind of conflict i mean i think no. once siona and monio meet and if what i think is going to happen is going to happen i do think siona is going to be brought to the citadel mm. i mean like 
once these characters, if they do, if they start, you know, like interacting on like a regular basis where they are occupying the same place, I mean, I think that's going to change everything you know and not just like that they're roommates you know like i I think it's going to be telling a very different story yeah agreed i mean i i I think siona's character has has the greatest potential here and and i mean right what what is the mystery of her power yeah yeah i mean you know we, we we we've heard a lot about what people have to say about her but we haven't heard that much from her you know yeah. Um. And and yeah, just digging into what makes her so special. Uh, that's something I'm I'm looking forward to finding out. Agreed, man. Agreed. All right. Well. Uh. Hey, we only finished thirty minutes later than we wanted to. That's yeah. Not too bad. Not, right? not that's, too bad. That's probably what we knew was going to happen the whole oh, yeah. time. Oh yeah. No, I I'm I'm so. totally okay with this. Anyways, folks, if you want to shoot us an email, we're at dunedudespod at gmail dot com. Uh, we do have a Twitter, actually. It's it's at Dune Dudes Pod. We will tweet one day. We we I we will. I, I tweeted for the first time today. You did? Okay. All right. Good. All right. Awesome. I'm surprised you didn't get a notification. Or we we just started tweeting from the account, or <laughs> Connor did. I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna retweet that. Um, cool, so yeah, follow us at Dune Dudes Pod on Twitter. Um, you can also follow us at Krups TV on. Twitter and Instagram. And until next time. Uh, until until next time. Until next time. Uh, until next time. Until <laughs> next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we do this every episode, so you, I don't, but like, just like with anything, I'm not prepared. I don't think <laughs> of this shit beforehand. Like, I, I kind of hope that like through the course of the podcast, we'll talk about something like funny and I, I can like remark on that. Yeah. Again. And, yeah. But I just don't, I don't know. Until next time, uh, let us know your thoughts on Radiohead. <laughs> yeah. Radiohead, please email us with, 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 what album would get us into Radiohead? Let us know. And why is it in rainbows? Thank you. Yes. All right. See ya.